Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, episode number 301. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local. Hey, I hey. got an Oculus Rift. Yeah, I saw the pictures and you bragging about it all over Facebook. I see. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, my God. I had no idea. I went into it with an absolute... If anything, I was pessimistic about it. Like, because I've, you know, latest platform stuff tends to be crap. It was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, it's no question about it. There's stuff to work on, but it is definitely ready for prime time. It's phenomenal. So, what do you use it for? What are you going to use it for? Is, is it tied to, I know you have it in your office, so it's going to be tied to business somehow. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be. It can be for, for employees to experience new technologies. So that's kind of what it is. It's just a fun thing for them to use and experience. So, so, so how long until we're having business meetings with people from all over the planet in virtual reality using something like that? Uh, they're too clunky still. I, I, I think the uh, augmented reality of the, the HoloLens will be better because it's not so chunky and it's wireless. All right. I think that's going to make more sense. But then who knows? I, it's... Uh, it's still a long way away. So, how, so here's a question: How do you find things to to see in it? And is there a search engine? And how do you optimize for it? Yes. Now that will be interesting when that comes around. Right now, it's just it's so basic. I mean, you just search for whatever apps are available on the Oculus platform. Um, all of the other platforms, like uh, well, the, all the other one that I've been trying to uh, implement or build in is the Vive platform. Uh, from Steam, Steam VR, and mm-hmm. it's clunky as hell getting it connected. Um, there's some great shortcuts out there, but it's been a bit exhausting. <laughs> All right. um, so, you know, it's still very young, but um, the quality of the experience isn't. It's astounding, like almost scary. I, I will not play a horror game. <laughs> I can tell you that. Really? <laughs> no, way too real. Way too real. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing my own horror game in the next few weeks. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm gonna be playing in my high school's alumni marching band. So <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Gotta get yeah. pictures of that. You gonna have your out your uniform on? No, they're getting us t shirts. That's okay. good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's uh so so what what why why is this happening? Just a thing they just thought up or No, they've been doing it for a long time. I'm just back in the area and I I've wanted kinda of wanted to do it. I haven't I mean I'm I was a percussion squad leader when I was in high school. I like to get back in there and just get join the percussion line again, see if I can still do it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Are they gonna give you a solo? <laughs> uh, not, not if they're smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, all right. So uh with that aside, oh oh I should say though that um Thanks to you and Jen and your adamant recommendation, I am on chapter 14 of Ready Player One. 
Oh, sweet. Good book. If anybody out there hasn't read that, you've got to read it. Steven Spielberg is currently making the movie. um, So you want to read it before you see the movie. This is one I really highly recommend reading the book before you go see the movie because there's no possible way that the movie will ever, ever come close to everything contained in the book. No, but you know, I was thinking about that, like, because most of the book is self narration. Yeah. It's a person reading a book almost. Yeah, but there's so many references to so many different things that happened in pop culture, pop culture in the 80s, that there's no way they could afford all the licensing fees, right? The great <laughs> thing, the great thing about it is Steven Spielberg is making a lot of making the movie, so a lot of the references are to things like Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, things that he actually did. So they saved some money there, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, he wasn't involved in Star Wars, or not, what was he involved in? Um, he was, he, Raiders, Raiders, I think. Raiders, yeah, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they'll manage something because it's good exposure for all the other stuff. But uh, yeah, um, it's but from a perspective of technology for listeners, I thought it, if if you're going to get an uh, uh, Oculus Rift or any kind of virtual reality, read it first because oh, yeah. it made getting the virtual reality headset way more exciting. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice to, just to have those ideas in my head and then to try this on and go, wow, we really are getting there. You know, this is amazing. Um, it's all still a ways away, but anyway, pretty phenomenal and definitely mind opening, like expanding, oh, it, isn't it? It's a, it's a great book. It's a great book. All right. Well, we've got a lot to sh- talk about today, so I guess we should jump into it. Oh yeah. We should actually talk about real SEO stuff and just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we haven't lost all our listeners. Yeah. They um, tuned out like five minutes ago. They're like, oh, not another one of these shows. They're geeking out again. Um, all right. So you picked this one first. Why don't you go for it? Yeah, I thought this was quite interesting, and it's been around for a little bit, but I thought it'd be worth us having a conversation about. There was an article over on SEO Roundtable. Barry pointed out some 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 stuff happening in uh, the keyword planner tool, Google. They're starting to show terms related to um, Google Home. So they're showing things like OK Google and Google Voice Search, basically. So they'll, they'll show terms in the list that include the phrase OK Google whatever. Right. So I thought it was really interesting that the keyword planner is starting to pick up that. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or that it's just the algorithm is picking it up because it's starting to happen more. Um, but they've definitely tied it in. Nobody ever types in OK Google. So they've act- we know for sure they've actually tied in voice search into the results of the keyword planner because of it. Right. So I, I'm just kind of trying to wrap my own head around the idea of, you know, how far reaching is this? How impactful is this? How much attention do we need to pay to this? Um, I, when I posted this on Facebook, I was asking questions like, okay, are they also using the other variation for Google? Um, you can you can say, hey, Google, and your, I, your, your iHome works the same or your Google Home works the same. Um, so and I haven't seen any of those in the planner. So it's I really interesting. I think that's all geeky stuff. We're, we're the only ones that use it. Yeah. <laughs> My kids even use, okay, Google. They don't do anything it's, else. Yeah, I see. Sorry. It, so no, I just can't. talk to me now. Darn it. Sorry, I yeah, I couldn't get. <laughs> <laughs> I said the word. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get used to saying, OK, Google. But once I realized I could say, hey, Google, it made a lot more sense to me. And I use that one all the time. Um, um, I, I, I only used hey, boo, boo. Yeah, hey, Google I, works quite well. Yeah. Um, you can also you can, go, you, can also say, <laughs> you can also say, hey, boo, boo, as if you were. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one uh, works too, but I don't think yeah. many people know that Easter egg. Hey, uh, boo boo! No, that didn't work. Hey, boo boo! There, see that worked this time. 
Yeah. Tell us something to say now. I did just read they added 30 more languages to the Google Home voice search, and now they're up to like 170 languages. Something wow. crazy, which is amazing. That is astounding. Uh, I can't even imagine how natural language processing can work on those other languages. Not to say that English should be simple yeah. or why it's any better than the others, but I, I don't know. It's well, I think once you figure out how it works for a while, you should probably be able to translate that part of the pun to other languages. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's way beyond me. Way beyond me. It's just you and me phenomenal. Both. Yeah. But I just, thought, I just thought it was really interesting to point out that, you know, when you're doing, you know, keyword research and you're doing topic research and you're using Google Planner, it's interesting to think, okay, first of all, they've kind of given you ranges, so you don't have really much more accurate data. You don't have as much accurate data as you used to have in there. But now it's also including voice search, which means those numbers are not going to reflect, you know, the typical type of typing in into the search engine terms that we usually think about when we're thinking about doing keyword research and targeting, right? So those numbers are going to be off from that perspective now as well. I'm getting to the point where I'm not really sure, A, how useful Keyword Planner is anymore, really, because there's some other tools out there that I've been using that seem to give me, you know, more actionable data. And and B, if I was doing PPC and I knew they were including voice search, that's throwing off your numbers, right? So there's no way to do pay-per-click in voice search right now, is there? So that's No, it's not yet. That would that would that would annoy me. Yeah, I'm just looking at this uh, chart right now Go- using Google Trends. I typed in OK Google, see what kind of search term increases. Oh Jesus, I did it again. <laughs> Turn the damn thing off. Help, but I'm still learning. <laughs> SEO101 today with our special guest, Google Home. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a fun episode. Yeah. Look at all the ways we can get it to say stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally useless to our listeners, but fun. Um, so it seems to have peaked, ironically, in late 2015, and then it dropped, and it seems to be dropping. It's almost as though, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's they're filtering it out because obviously it's gone up. There's no way it's gone down, the usage of it. Yeah. It's very strange why they would show it this way. What about the hay one? I'm not going to do it again. Uh <laughs> But again, trends is going to be looking specifically at type oh. in search, right? Does trends even include voice search? We, I don't know. We don't know. That's it. We, yeah. we know Planner does now because it's showing us those terms. We don't know if trends does. You know, they're so fast at launching things. I bet it does show both. They don't, they don't filter stuff for a while until they need to. Uh, I'm willing to bet on that anyway. Just, I just, you know, they're so quick to, par- quick to market. Sometimes too quick. Yeah, you know what? Related queries. There's tons of them. The hey, what, you know, the hey, you know who. Hey, you know who, what is. <laughs> and then the okay, you know who. <laughs> um, it's funny. Actually, I listen to the uh, um, uh, IoT podcast, and they're always, they're, all they call, uh, they're often talking about um, Alexa. Oh, sorry. I said it. See, the, the, the mistress that should not be named or she who should not be named. So they call her on the show. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, very good podcast, by the way. IOT podcast. All right. So interesting. Good, good topic to pick up. Um, yep. The next bit here is uh, 
Uh, one of these double-edged swords, Google Local has um, begun to roll out a business questions and answers, uh, I don't know what you call a feature of Google My Business. Now, again, this is a beginning of a rollout. I don't, I don't see it anywhere yet. But, so they're, test, uh, they're testing it. Well, it seems to be more than a test. They're just rolling it out slower. Um, I, I don't see Blumenthal or any of the, the leaders uh, in our industry here talking about it as a test. I believe they've seen tests before. Now it's a rollout. Okay. Uh, far as, as far as I can see, because he's now giving tips on how to optimize it. Um, and he's making it very clear that you need to get on it now. And the reason why is apparently, and again, ob- obviously all of this is so fresh it could change tomorrow. But uh, at this stage, uh, Google will be filling in the blanks. If you haven't added a question, so I should tell people what this is <laughs> first. Yeah. So business questions and answers. You can, yeah, for your business and Google My Business, you can go in there and add commonly asked questions and then provide answers. Uh, this way, people have the ability to find them on on, on your your business page. Um, I don't know whether it's going to show up in search uh, outside of the knowledge panel, but it might. Um, the point is, though, uh, if you don't add any questions and answers, Google will source them. And that gets scary. Are they going to be accurate? And if they're not accurate, you better be on top of your Google My Business profile and fix them and, and, and say, no, 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 this is wrong. And but what exempt them. Had- but what if someone asks a question that you don't have listed, right? So you can't predict every question people are going to ask. So no. they're going to source some. Exactly. And the, 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 that's, it, the whole thing is kind of devils in the details kind of stuff. I mean, you're going to have to be on top of it. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. The biggest takeaway of this is now you're going to have to watch Google My Business page even more now. Uh, because if these come rolling out and you don't catch it, all of a sudden you could have questions and answers that competitors could be using to put you in a bad spot um it could be used as, as negative marketing for you hmm. uh, yeah i think there's going to be a real spam issue with it um i think it should only be allowed questions should be provided to the owners and the owners have to reply i don't think it's a good idea to source any um so what google's probably going to do is just ensure that the sources are above reproach and then that'll limit the the amount of issues they see won't well, totally reduce them Right. I think that'd be the only way they could do it. I mean, if they source it the same way they source things in the knowledge graph or the answers themselves, Google Answers, you know, most of the time they get that stuff right, but plenty of times they get it wrong too. So that's that's definitely something to be wary of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, the next bit here is uh, now for for anyone who's listening on that last bit there on business questions and answers, you can go to Blumenthal's.com slash blog as uh mike told us in an uh, uh, earlier interview he doesn't actually have a link to his blog <laughs> it's crazy but anyway uh, so you have to go to blumenthal's.com forward slash blog to get to his blog which is where all the good info is yeah or you can search for <laughs> professor maps blog i think he shows up yeah. you might be uh, uh anyway um the next bit here, Google My Business expands optional URLs for appointments, reservations, and ordering ahead. Now, this, another creepy element to this. Um, first of all, it's great, I think, that you can offer your own link to allow people to make reservations, uh, create an appointment, all that kind of thing from Google search. I think that's really quite cool. However, the quote here from Google In some cases, links to certain third-party booking service will appear automatically on business listings. These links cannot 
be edited in Google My Business. You have no control. So uh, hotels are going to be up in arms about this. So what about what do they mean in some cases? Is there any kind of any kind of examples or clarity around when this happens or why it happens? Uh, not that I've seen so far. It's still very early. Um, mm. Google has plushed uh, as of um, what was this? One second here, four ten update update. There's an update here. There's a Google has published an updated help page called local business URLs on it. They note their following types of URLs are available. Booking an appointment, placing an order, reserving a table, searching for items, viewing the menu. And again, that's where they've noted that in some cases bit. Um, see, yeah, so there's very little to know about it. I just think that I, I've already worked with quite a few hotels in my time and they hate these third parties sites because they take money from them. Um, it's, they'd rather that business go directly to them. So if Google has a partner, say uh, TripAdvisor um, or Expedia, is that going to supplant the one that the hotel puts in? That's really creepy. I don't know. I yeah, wouldn't if, put it it does, if, it, if it does, that's a problem. But if it's an addition to or something, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, and Google, of course, is jumping into many of these realms as well. So will it be their Google link? Then I think you're going to end up with some uh, antitrust. Or yeah, I think I think it'll be in that same vein. I think it won't be long at all before we see a direct connection between the new jobs, Google Jobs search features, and Google and, and my business. Right. So yeah. if you have a my business page, you'll be able to connect. It will connect directly to the jobs. That's going to come real, real soon if it's not already happening some places. That's a good point. I don't know why it's not there yet. But again, it's just a matter of time. It's a perfect match. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's. Uh, we got another bit of uh, uh, news here coming up on uh, indexing search results. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Yeah, so this next one's yours, buddy. Yeah, we've said this many times on the show, Ray, but this is actually an interesting piece about Google gave us a little bit of clarity. So Google's always said in their Google guidelines, we do not want your search results pages in our search results pages, right? So they don't want to index search results from your website. And it's always been that way. And and we've always said, you know, they just don't want it. They've actually us a little bit of clarity of why they don't want it. And uh, a couple of points that they made, John Mueller actually made this. We could have put this under a Mueller file, actually. Um, mm-hmm. we, we had so many things to add today, we forgot all about Mueller files. Oh, um, so this is, this is a Mueller file. There you go. Um, so one of the things they say, if they index your search pages, they have a tendency to make infinite spaces for crawling. So it becomes a big crawling loop, um, which they try to avoid as much as possible. That happens a lot. Um, they say often... The, the, the pages they crawl are low-quality pages in, in when you're indexing search results, and they can often lead to empty search results or soft 404 pages. Um, and this is important because I've seen a lot of CMSs over my years that the actual CMS platform, the entire thing, was built around the ideal idea of returning all the pages as a search result, right? And anytime I see one of these CMSs and a client's on it, I... I start pulling my hair out before I even have a chance to open my mouth. But these are bad and they have problems and this is one of the main reasons why they don't like search results. And there's certain things you can do to help kind of quote unquote hide the fact that it's a search result. Don't don't say this is search results page one of 200 on there. Don't put, you know, don't mention that it's a search result in the URL. There's things you can do to help minimize that. But just the way that, that it's developed and the way it crawls and the and the the taxonomy of the site is normally pretty easy to tell when it's a search result page um, algorithmically. So it's something to stay away from whenever you can. Absolutely. Uh, it's a good reminder, I think, for people as they've got search results being indexed. Right. How would they find yeah. out? Uh, it really depends on your site. I mean, it depends on how your search results are being being returned and and rendered on your website and what the URL looks like. You could probably, if you have a specific URL that says, you know, mydomain.com slash search results slash then a bunch of parameters, you could do a site colon search in Google with part of that domain to see, do I have any pages indexed past that search search results subdirectory or those first couple parameters? Um, That's one of the ways to do it. It can get kind of tricky or go to your page or go, excuse me, go to your site, do a search, copy the URL from the search results, and do a site colon to see if it's indexed. Yeah, there you go. That's the simplest way, I think. Yeah. Um, and to block it, uh, you can go into your robots.txt file. If you don't have one, create one, and mm-hmm. ensure that that area is blocked. Now, uh, we're not going to get into how you do that yet. Just look online. There's very simple tutorials on how to write a robots.txt file. It sounds techy. 
I guess it is to a degree by, by the mm. sound of it, but it isn't. It's very simple. But if your pages are already indexed, just putting robots.txt won't solve your problem. You also then have to go, once you put that robots.txt in place, you then have to go into Search Console, Webmaster Tools, and have those pages removed from the index. But they won't remove them until you've blocked them. So it's a it's a big circle of, of work. But, <laughs> Yay! But you, but you can get it done. Oh, boy. Well, Google, you know, they, they make us work. So there you go. Yep. All right. So now we got some. Well, not as if that wasn't techie. That should have really been in the techie area. But we got true. a title called Techie Notes because today there's been a lot of techie notes, uh, lots of stuff that have been coming out. This is uh, borderline uh, above one, uh, SEO 101, but I think it's still interesting and still worthwhile understanding. So well, this next question you put in, but when do expired redirects stop passing signals with Google? Expired redirect. I haven't read this one. Yeah, this is pretty interesting because we've known for a long time that when you put a redirect in place, um, the the links to that page um, degrade over time. The page itself that was originally indexed stops passing, passing link juice and relevancy over time, but we never really had any clear indication of how long that time is, right? And we still don't have a clear, there's not a specific, you have three months, seven days, and 16 hours to do it type of response. But we do know much clearer now from John Mueller, again, could have been a Mueller file, that it, it will take some time. But eventually, if that content is different enough from the one that you redirected to the new one, um, it will be seen as separate pages, which means the redirect one will drop off completely, right? So all it will stop passing. Um, and the, the number in the article, and the, the article was found at uh, um, SEO Roundtable, Barry wrote this up, um, said within about a year is, is what you've got. And it's, that's not a, you got a year. That's, that's kind of a very generalized thing. Some, some pages are going to be much more similar and they're going to change um, differently than pages that are very different, right? So if, if you redirect a page that's very different than the page you're, you're sending people to, that's probably going to be seen as separate pages much quicker than two that are very, very similar, right? So it's something to keep in mind. Just remember that you want to keep a redirect in place permanently, primarily because you have people that might have those old URLs indexed or bookmarked or links on the site that people want to go find your content. For the users, you want to keep those redirects permanently in place. For the engines, they have a limited life, you know, a limited shelf life. I don't know. It doesn't say... See, the question was from Patrick Stocks. It says, if a 301 redirect is removed or expires. So how does the 301 redirect expire? Uh, he's talking from his perspective, not John's. It has been, or it, after it has been placed for a year, will Google stop passing signals from A to B? Like John said, it's not a very permanent redirect in that case. So he's thinking it's being removed then we generally start seeing it as a separate URLs. I don't know. This is a little, there's a lot being read into this question. Yeah. I think expired to me. And when I read it was a separate question than removed. I think he mentioned both those separately. So the, so when John answered it, he was kind of answering it in, in a group. Right. Mm. Uh, see, this is the stuff that I always suck on. See, exams. If, if a redirect, there's multiple things I get confused. <laughs> if, if a redirect's removed, to me, if it's That's removed, done. the redirect's gone. It's going to stop passing signals that yeah. second, right? There's no question well, about when Google it stops. Sees it. Yeah, yeah as, as soon as it's indexed with the with the removed, right? So the expired piece would made made a lot more sense to me to read through that and say, okay, it's still there, 
but it expires because we know over time they degrade. At some point, it expires, which is a new way to look at it, in my mind, anyway. When the redirect drops, will Google stop passing the signals from URLA, which redirects to URLB? I think, yeah, anyway. It seems pretty clear to me that it's just about if it's being removed, not that they actually expire. Well, they do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put the link up there and maybe we'll have a conversation in our community, which, by the way, seems to be working again fine. Thank goodness. Yes. All right. Next on the uh, bit here is, uh, this is interesting. Um, I don't see uh, Blumenthal do this very often. Uh, this is the title. Jobs for WordPress, a plug-in that every small, small and medium-sized business and agency needs. That's pretty bold. Um this is a plugin for obviously WordPress, so it can't really be for anything, everything. It's just got to be WordPress. Um, but it allows you to manage and categorize job listings using the familiar WordPress UI. Uh, it's all automatically formatted properly to work with Google. Uh, it's developer friendly. Uh, it's it sounds like it's been brilliantly been brilliantly designed. So good for them. Um, uh, I love when they make plugins that are excellent for WordPress because obviously we yeah. do only WordPress. It's a dream. Uh, I have to. We, I have to take. I have to take a look at. It. I have to take a look at it because there's a lot of issues with the way that the job search works in Google. There's a lot of very peculiar things that go on related to how job listings are posted versus how the actual applications are managed. So if you're not taking job applications on your WordPress site this is probably not going to help you much at, at all um, if you're using a third-party service to do that. So it's, it's interesting. I, I think if they get, if you can do that on your own site, it's a huge advantage for you because Google puts the brand site as the number one resource when it comes to where to go to fill out an application for a job. And if you have that capability on your website, you get an advantage. You don't have to pay those services to collect them because you, you're collecting them yourself. So there's a, there's a lot of nuances to this, I think, that need to be taken into consideration. I'll have to take a look at that and, and, and give, it a, give it a run through. Yeah, well, I did a uh, actually was just hired to do a, a an analysis for a, a jobs client. Um, it was really interesting. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Jumping into some of the, the terms and conditions of Google, um, applying or allowing you to use your jobs in their systems, and there was a lot. I mean, it's too much to cover. I mean, you've really got to go through to make sure you're not jump stepping on any toes uh, with mm-hmm. at Google. Otherwise, they're Historically, they're going to get more restrictive about people who are doing the wrong things, right? They're going to start mm-hmm. removing jobs, et cetera, if you don't follow their guidelines. So, but, I, but at the same time, I can tell you they're organically crawling job sites and pulling listings without feeding anything to Google. They're organically pulling jobs from brand sites that are hosting their own job listings without having any kind of contract or feed in place. So it's it's very, it's very blurry right now, as it usually is with Google. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about it, so because I knew that you had had some issues. What, what can you mention? Anything else that you're running into? Um, it's it's really interesting that I think the biggest thing for small businesses to, is to know that if you post your job on like Indeed or Monster or any of those kind of places, um, and you're using them to fulfill the application process, um, they're going to get the advantage of this. Google 
Google traffic, not you. If you have your website and you also have your job listed on your site and Monster and Bing and them are sending traffic to you and you do the job application on your site, Google will skip Indeed and Monster directly and and go straight to your site and list your site in their jobs so you don't have to pay that fee or finder's fee or whatever kind of fees you're paying for Indeed and Monster. So I, I think the job um, plug-in for WordPress that Mike was talking about it has some serious potential to help businesses do that. But again, I haven't looked at it to see um, exactly what it's doing. But if you're doing what, what they call, um, what is it called? Applicant. It's a, a, what is it? Applicant. I can't remember. Yeah. there's It's a, your applicant processing system, APS maybe, where people actually go in and fill out and upload their resumes and all that stuff to apply for a job. If you can do that on your site, you can really leverage this Google Jobs to, to drive traffic to your site instead of those third-party services that you have to pay for. Right. And another thing, one of the terms that comes up, comes to mind for me is that, you know, if that you have to uh, be very specific not to list uh uh, if you're going to list a job, it can't be general, like always accepting jobs. Uh, that's That can't get into the list. Or if it is, it's got to be done this particular way. It was very yeah. detailed. I was quite impressed with this. So. Yeah. But it's but from an SEO standpoint, it's actually something since this is a job search engine, being able to help companies do that for themselves, add those kind of services and, and features to their website could easily be something that could be under the, the realm of SEO for some people. Oh, yeah. You know, but web developers are also going to claim that this is something they do. So you'd be, be prepared to be able to do the service, but do it right. Um, and, and if you're going to compete on it, know that you're, you've got going to have competition to do it. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about <laughs> the last modified meta tag. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. 
Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, (laughs) when we went to break, you said, we're going to talk about the last modified web meta tag. And I had this flash in my mind of the movie poster for The Last Nimsy. It's like, this is the last modified meta tag anybody will ever do. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what you meant, was it? No. No. So, you take it. Um, so the, the last modified is a meta, meta tag, like the keyword meta tag, the description meta tag. The last modified is a type of meta tag that you can apply to the header of a page. Um, basically, people have used it in the past to let, quote unquote, let search engines know when we change the content on our page. Well, Google has never really ever used this meta tag, and they still ignore this meta tag. Um, there's no reason to, to spend time and resources to update your last modified meta tag. You can do it if you want. If it's automatically done in your CMS, fine. It's not going to hurt you, but it's not going to help you either. It, you're not in search anyway. Um, if you want Google to know when the last time you modified the page was, it's much more technical than that. I would go, it's a server setting um, called um, um, conditional get. It's either on or it's off on your server. So if you turn conditional get on at the server level, what that does, it allows the 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 the, the, the search engine spider to go to a page, look at the date and time that it was last updated, and it will conditionally grab it or not based on if it's changed, that time and date has changed since the last time they were there. So they'll actually look at the filed time and date to see when that page was last updated, not some meta tag that says last updated. But you have to make sure that setting is turned on on your server. It's called a conditional get. One yes. word, by the way. Excellent. Yes, that is definitely above 101, um, but it's yeah. it's certainly something to, <laughs> to talk about with your webmaster. And you can chuckle when they also go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it happens a lot. <laughs> and then point them to our show and say, you guys, you should listen to these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll even get a chuckle occasionally, yeah. especially if they're uh, in our world. Okay, so... Fetch as Google stops at 10,000 pixels. All right. This was interesting, too, because we always think, okay, we really want to understand how Google sees a page. We can do a fetch as Google in Webmaster Tools, and we'll see exactly what they see. Only if our page is 10,000 pixels or less, apparently. All right. This just recently came out. So if you have a large page, you're not going to see exactly what Google sees. If you have a large page and there's a bunch of JavaScript or something at the very bottom of your code, Fetches Google is not going to get that. So it could change the way it, the actual index sees the page versus the tool inside of Search Console. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's again, it's the sort of thing that many people never have to consider, but it is uh, very True. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a pretty geeky show. We've gone. We've gone geeky <laughs> the show. Hey, we got to do it once in a while. All right. Yeah. So, how does Google handle canonical pad pages with no index on the page? Uh, I actually saw this in another thing, but um, in this case, the the discussion is that essentially canonical will be ignored, but not always. Um, now that's when it gets a little iffier and I think I'd want to read more about it. Um, I certainly, I mean, no index doesn't mean it's not in the index, right? 
Right. It's so. Let's talk a little bit more detail about what we're talking about here. So, if if you have a web page, and on that web page you have a canonical tag that says this page is really a copy of this other page, and here's the canonical tag pointing you to the source of that the, the original page. Right. Normally, what happens is that the page that you put the canonical on um, is not indexed or, or removed from the indexed actually and the, the link juice and the relevancy of that page or the, the weight that that page has in the index is transferred to the original page. Use this in cases where you're syndicating content across websites or you have pages of content across your site for some reason you have to have it in multiple places but you don't want it indexed multiple times because you don't want the duplicate content issues tied to it. Um, so you put this canonical tag in place. Some people will will also try to make sure that page doesn't get indexed by also index meta tag, telling the search engines do not index this page. So you're telling it two kind of conflicting things at the same time. A is don't index this page, we don't want you to know about this page. And B is, oh, this page is just another copy of this other page, send all its, all its, all its <laughs> weight to this other page. So you're giving it two conflicting instructions when you do that. And in most cases, like Ross said, the canonical suggestion will be ignored and the no index will actually take effect, which means they just basically kind of ignore the page completely. Yeah, a very obscure one again, but uh, yeah. the kind of questions it, that, that come out occasionally. Yeah, and it's not it's not very common. And it's just if you happen to run across it in your SEO travels, now you know. <laughs> so this next one's interesting. Google says URL structure is not so important for SEO. Man, have times changed, eh? Oh, no uh, doubt. <laughs> so there was a time when ensuring that your URL, that's what you see in the uh, address bar of your browser, uh, you know, the, the HTTPS or HTTP colon slash slash and then the domain and then forward slash whatever page in the URL on or subfolder, et cetera. Well, uh, that, that had to be it depended on the system, but you wanted to make it as search-friendly as possible. And again, that varies. Uh, and that reason for that was that you didn't want Google to end up running into parameters it couldn't index. Uh, you didn't want them to get caught in spider loops. Now, obviously, spider loops are still an issue, uh, but uh, you essentially wanted to make it very simple for them to navigate. People would even have .html on the pages so they didn't look like they were dynamic. Um, there's lots of things they did. Uh, in fact, I noticed the search roundtable has .html. A lot of people still have it. Mm -hmm. um, Easy to set up in WordPress. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So, John, John Mueller said on Twitter that URL structure is not so much, quote unquote, not so much, important, rating it at about a one out of seven. Whatever that means, and, and I think I think if you look at the question that was asked, it was answered. It was primarily talking about flat URLs versus subfolder URLs, and what that is is you have your domain, you know, um, stepforth.com slash, and then you have the title of an article .html versus having subfolders with different categories and keywords in the subfolders that, that's that used to be really prominent people would put subfolders with keywords trying to get more relevancy via those terms in the url to your point ross i think parameters are still an issue and they always will be an issue um, one of the big things that i that i see still not as much as i used to but still is people changing parameter locations in a url 
based on the the, the click pattern of the navigation, right? Uh, yeah. um, this ends up being, we call it multiple paths of navigation to get to the same page. And as you click through, um, it's very pre prevalent, or used to be very prevalent in faceted navigation. A lot of the people who do faceted navigation have figured this out and stopped doing it. But if those parameters change in the URL, even though they deliver the same page, it's two different URLs creating the same page, so you have a duplicate content issue. So I think Unless those you've got things, canonical tags. Unless you got the canonical tags, right? But from a URL perspective, that's still important for SEO. Yeah. I think the main thing John was talking about is flat versus subfolders. Yeah, yeah. Again, reading too much into it. So yes, just flat versus <laughs> subfolders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I think it's a bit tight on news. So there, that was uh, interesting, I guess, but it yeah. had to be added. Um, now, Google has added a mobile-friendly test in search results. Uh, this is interesting. I have not seen this either. This is pretty cool. So if you're if you're wanting to check to see if a if a page or uh, is is mobile friendly, just go into Google, type mobile friendly, hit the button. The, the, there'll be a box at the top of the, above the search results that asks you to enter a URL. You enter the URL, hit the button, and it'll tell you whether the page is mobile friendly or not, right there in the search results. So if you're if you want if you're meeting with a client or you want to do a quick check because you're looking at something um, during your analysis for an SEO client, that's a quick way to do it without having to go find your link to the mobile friendly test tool and click through to a couple different places. You can just do it right there real quickly in the search results. I'm not sure how long it's going to stick around or how valuable it is. If you're doing this professionally, you know how to get to the tool itself. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, when, it, when they start doing stuff like this and making it really easy to double check and triple check and quadruple check, it makes me yeah. a little bit nervous for small business owners who don't do this. It's like Google saying, we're giving you all the opportunities to catch this before we totally ruin your life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, it would not be uh, abnormal for them to make a massive change. Well, we know the mobile-friendly is coming. It may be more substantial a change than they're letting on. You never know. Very true. It's also, uh, hopefully, they're doing it, hopefully, they're doing it because they believe that, they, they understand that it's expensive for small business to make these changes and they're giving it a ton of time and it will still, still be a, a slow rollout. But it will have drastic impacts later, which would make sense. Yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, that's that's the show. There's a lot we've covered today, and, and uh, we didn't get a chance to do any questions. I apologize. but uh, There's a couple good ones in there, too. I think we need to make sure we hit next time. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, on behalf of myself, oh, before we next week, we will not have a show. Uh, that's because uh, John is away. I'm away. and uh, Or at least I'm away, and John is going away for two weeks after that. I'll be doing the show with uh, guest hosts for those two weeks. And uh, I don't get to do guest hosts. No. I'm, not, I'm not special enough. No, you're always welcome <laughs> to. You just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll be having myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. And yes, it is still working. It's back. It's working again, like we said earlier. Uh, <laughs> have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air at 1pm Pacific 4pm Eastern every Monday on cranberry.fm thanks for listening everybody
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 